For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Exposing the Kingdom of Darkness. This is part two of the series. So in continuing sharing with you an overview of what we're going to be covering in this teaching, we're going to look at the Babylonian octopus tentacles of the kingdom of darkness in the form of political Babylon. And one of the entities of political Babylon is the United Nations. In the aftermath of World War II, the United Nations came into being in 1945 as 50 nations signed a charter to create the United Nations. For the founders of the United Nations, they saw it as a first step in the ultimate goal of establishing one world government. In 1950, James Warburg, a son of Paul Warburg, who is regarded as the father of the Federal Reserve and a member of David Rockefeller's Council of Foreign Relations, said before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, We shall have world government whether you like it or not. It will come by conquest or consent. David Rockefeller, who helped to establish the globalist organizations in the United States, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Trilateral Commission, said in his book Memoirs on page 405, Some people believe that we, that is the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States characterizing my family and me as internationalists or globalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global, political, and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty, and I am proud of it. David Rockefeller went on to say, before his created Trilateral Commission in 1991, We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan, that is the goal for one world government, if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during all those years. But our work now was much more sophisticated and we are prepared to march toward a world government. So we can see from his quote that the media in the United States is working with David Rockefeller and his Council on Foreign Relations and Trilateral Commission to help to establish and bring about one world government. And this is in fulfillment of Bible prophecy, where once again we see from Psalm chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 that the kings of the earth are conspiring 
to rebel against the Lord and his anointed, or his Messiah, even Yeshua HaMashiach, where it is written in Psalm chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel, they make plans against the Lord and against his anointed or his Messiah, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. In other words, we don't want anything to do with the kingship and the authority of the God of Israel over our lives. In the Lord's response to the plans of the kings of the earth, the political Babylonian system is written in Psalm chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. He that sits in the heavens will laugh. He will have them in derision. In other words, he's going to judge them and their plans. When is he going to do that? Psalm chapter 2 verse 5 says it's going to be in the day of his wrath. And his wrath is associated with the tribulation period and the days of the great tribulation. For it says in Psalm chapter 2 verse 5, Then he will speak unto them, the kings of the earth, in his wrath. And he will judge them. He will vex them in his sore displeasure. And what's going to be the outcome of all these things? Things will be like they were in the beginning before Lucifer led a rebellion against the throne of Yeshua. And that is the rebellion of Lucifer will fail. And in failing, Yeshua will defeat Lucifer's rebellion and the rebellion of the kings of the earth. And he will sit on his throne as king over his father's kingdom and rule and reign forever on Mount Zion. So this is an overview of what we're going to cover in this teaching. And as you can see, in exposing the kingdom of darkness, we have to break down and understand the characteristics and the attributes of the kingdom of darkness. We have to see how the kingdom of darkness Babylonian system has many levels and layers, and its influence stretches into many areas like an octopus. And so the things that we've just now covered for you in the overview, we are now going to examine those things in greater detail in the rest of this teaching. So to begin with, we want to understand that before Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, that Lucifer rebelled against the throne of Yeshua. We can see this from Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 and 13, as it is written. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut to the ground, which did weaken the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, or above the heavenly host. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. So when Lucifer made a proclamation that he wanted to sit in the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, this is referring to the heavenly throne of Yeshua, which is in the heavenly Jerusalem. We can see from Psalm chapter 48 verse 2 that Mount Zion is on the sides of the north, as it is written. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Yeshua's throne is on Mount Zion. We can see this from Psalm chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 as it is written. 
Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. Initially, Lucifer was on Mount Zion. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 and 16, as it is written. You are the anointed cherub that covers. In other words, Lucifer is of the angelic class. And I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. That's Mount Zion. However, you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you out as profane out of the mountain of God, Mount Zion. And I will destroy you, O covering cherub. So we're going to continue to see how Lucifer challenged and wanted to sit on the throne of Yeshua in the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the holy mountain of God. In Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 2, it is written, And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like the noise of many waters. So we're going to cross-reference this phrase, his voice was like the noise of many waters, with Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 15, and we're going to see that this phrase is referring to Yeshua. So, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I am Alpha and Omega. Those are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet alphabet. So we would say it in Hebrew, I am the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. So the Alpha and the Omega, or the Aleph and the Tav, is speaking and in describing him, it goes on to say, in Revelation chapter 1 verse 15, his feet was like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Next we're going to see that Yeshua is king over his father's kingdom, and the one whose voice was like the noise of many waters, Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 2, is the one that's sitting on his throne in Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 7, as it is written. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. Yeshua himself taught that he sits upon the throne of glory. In Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 it is written, And when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. You can see how Yeshua sits on a throne in Mount Zion from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. But under the sun, he said, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 is quoting from Psalm chapter 45 verse 6, which says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a right scepter. In other words, it's a scepter of righteousness. We can continue to see how Yeshua dwells in Mount Zion from Isaiah. In chapter 8 verse 14 it says, And he will be for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 17 regarding the one that's a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense that I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob and I will look for him. So who is the people of the God of Israel looking for? It is the Messiah and we're looking for him to come at his second coming. So regarding the one that we're going to look for 
it says in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel, from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And then it says in Joel chapter 3, verse 16, that the Lord will roar out of Zion. Well, who is the one that roars? It is a lion. And in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says of Yeshua that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So Lucifer wanted to usurp Yeshua's throne and his authority and his kingship. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, it is written, For you, Lucifer, have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. In other words, Lucifer wanted to be worshipped as God. Continuing in Isaiah chapter 13, and then going on to verse 14, it says, For you said in your heart, I will be like the Most High. So Lucifer wanted to be worshipped as God, and in wanting to be worshipped as God, he wanted to be worshipped in the high places. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, it is written, And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So this word heights is the Strong's number 1116 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's the Hebrew word Bama. And the Hebrew word Bamat means a high place. So in wanting to be worshipped in the high places, Lucifer wanted to be worshipped as God, having his own festivals and sacred holidays unto him. We can see this from Isaiah chapter 14 verse 13. I will exalt my throne and I will sit on the mount of the congregation. This word translated as congregation is the Strong's number 4150 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, and it's the Hebrew word moed. And the Hebrew word moed is what is translated in Leviticus chapter 23 as a festival of the Lord. So Lucifer wanted to have his own moed, his own appointed times and seasons, his own festivals, his own sacred holidays. And ultimately, Baal worship is associated with worship in the high places, Bama, celebrating sacred festivals, moed. So in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, it is written, For you, Lucifer, have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He wanted to be worshipped as God. And I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, the Moed, having his own holidays celebrated unto him. So Halloween could be regarded as one of these festivals. Continuing in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, Bama, I will be like the Most High. So if Lucifer wanted to exalt his throne above the stars of God, above the heavenly host, if he wanted to be worshipped as God, which he did, he wanted to rule over Jerusalem. Because it says in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 13 that Lucifer wanted to sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And so we saw from Psalm chapter 48 verse 2 that the sides of the north is the heavenly Jerusalem. So Lucifer wants to keep people subject or in captivity to him. He demands their allegiance unto him. So after Lucifer said in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 14, I will be like the Most High, goes on to say about him in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 17, that he makes the world a wilderness and destroys the cities, and he opens not the house of his prisoners. So that rebellion of Lucifer, where he wanted to be worshipped as God above the stars of God, 
that rebellion against the kingdom of the God of Israel. Lucifer is going to continue in the earth through mankind, and it started in the Garden of Eden once Adam and Eve were created. So in the Garden of Eden, the God of Israel establishes his divine authority over his creation. And he made Adam a steward over his creation. And he gave Adam the authority to have dominion over the creation and to rule over it as a king. In Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28 it is written, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion. So Adam was to have dominion over God's creation on the earth, and he was to guard and protect the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 15, it is written, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And the Lord and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So in the Garden of Eden, Adam was married under God's divine authority. We can see this from Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, as it is written. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman. And he brought her unto the man. So God's divine authority that he established in his creation, where he gave Adam the assignment to have dominion and to guard the garden, Satan is now going to try to usurp that authority structure which God laid out in the garden by bypassing the man in tempting and speaking to the woman. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 it is written, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman. So the serpent speaks to the woman usurping God's established authority, bypassing Adam who was given the assignment to guard and protect the garden, which means to guard and protect the woman. And in speaking to the woman, Satan is going to challenge God's word, the integrity of God's word, and his divine structure and authority. We can see this from Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 as it is written, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beasts of the field. And he said to the woman, Yes, has God said? Questioning the integrity of God's word saying, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So the God of Israel had instructed Adam regarding what he may eat. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it is written, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. So the instruction that the God of Israel gave to Adam was regarding the eating of the trees in the garden. But now we're going to see that the woman adds to God's word from Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it. And here's where she adds to God's word, Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So not only did the serpent usurp God's authority structure in the garden, not only did he question God's word when he spoke to the woman, when he spoke to Eve, 
But in speaking to Eve, Satan calls God a liar. We can see this from Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, as it is written, And the Lord God commanded the man, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you shall eat thereof you shall surely die. But Satan tells Eve that that instruction is a lie. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, it is written, And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. So Yeshua explained in John chapter 8 verse 44 that Satan is the father of lies. So in John chapter 8 verse 44 it is written, You are of your father the devil, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Satan tells the woman, that is Eve, that she can be as God. Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 it is written, And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and you will be as gods. So Satan offers the woman, or Eve, to be as God, knowing good and evil. Continuing on in Genesis chapter 3 verse 5, Satan tells Eve, For God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. So the two primary trees that are mentioned in this Genesis account in the Garden of Eden is the tree of life. And the tree of life represents obedience to God, and thus obedience to his Torah. And the Torah in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 is called a tree of life in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 18. And we can see in Revelation chapter 22 verse 2 that the tree of life is situated in the heavenly Jerusalem. In the other tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is the mixture of good and evil. So what does the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represent? It represents disobedience to the instructions of God and to his Torah. And the mixing of good and evil is the meaning of Babylon. Because Babylon means to confuse by mixing. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 and verses 8 and 9, it is written, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, that's the tower of Babel, which the children of men built. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there upon the face of the earth. Therefore, the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did confound the language of all the earth. So the word Babel is the Strong's number 894 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, and it means to confuse by mixing. And the Hebrew word translated as confound in the King James, the Strong's number 1101, is the Hebrew word Balal, which means the mix. So Babylon is the mixing of good and evil. So when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were disobeying the God of Israel and his instruction to them, his Torah, and in doing so, they partook, or they ate, of the Babylonian tree of good and evil. We can see this from Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 as it is written. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she did eat, and gave also under her husband, and he did eat. Then we're told in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of this world. So when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented partaking of the Babylonian tree of mixture, which was disobedience to the instruction of the God of Israel, and thus became spiritual worship of Satan 
by following him and obeying his voice. In Romans chapter 6 verse 16 it is written, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? In this case Adam and Eve obeyed the voice of the serpent. His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. So as a result of Lucifer's rebellion against the divine structure that the God of Israel set up in the Garden of Eden, and because of his questioning of God's word and deceiving Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and thus to obey the serpent, just like as we saw that from Satan's rebellion against the throne of God, well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject exposing the kingdom of darkness. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.